Being Reasonable comes to you from the WHUP studios in downtown Hillsboro, North Carolina. I'm Mark Solomon, and you are taking part in Being Reasonable, the weekly conversation show that focuses on how we've arrived on our steadfast views and our desire to know what is true. To participate in this friendly collaboration, all you need is respectfulness and an honest interest in the truth. We can all improve the way we form and consider our beliefs. And we can do so by being reasonable. One, two. On this bonus episode of Being Reasonable, we continue our conversation with Jeff as he asks thoughtful questions about the conversational technique called street epistemology, which is used in this podcast. I've included this conversation in the hope that more people will give street epistemology a try in their own lives. Thanks, Jeff. This is awesome. I really yeah, appreciate it. This was super fun. Was great talk. It was really, it was fun. I really fun. enjoyed this. Yeah, it was really interesting. And maybe think about this belief more. And, and, I, and I honestly like to think about that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, it was super fun. Um, I, how do you... I. I I'm embarrassed now that I didn't, I didn't really like look into your background. How, how did no, you get, okay. what is, you know, how did you get here? What, what's your, what were you doing before you're doing street epistemology podcasts? Wow. That's a, that's a, that's a long answer. So I'm going to try to give you the short version. Yeah. You know, I have an interest. I'm an intrinsic interest in this. Well, first of all, I'm just concerned for us as a country, as a world, as that we are in these different belief silos, and then we can't talk to other people about their beliefs. And it's very difficult to do that without debating, without challenge, you know, without people becoming more rigid in their beliefs and that kind of thing. And I wanted a way to bridge those two Mm -hmm. groups, no matter what the belief is, it seems. And, um, and I've been thinking, I was, I thought about that for a while. And then I think I came across street epistemology videos, basically on YouTube. And uh, there, I came across two, there's many more people who do this, but initially I came across two people who did this names of uh, Anthony Magnabosco and Reed Nicewander. And I just was looking at their videos and, and it made sense to me in the, in the sense that Maybe we're talking when we're trying to talk about beliefs, we're trying to talk about the wrong, we're talking about the wrong things. We're talking about the actual belief, which seems weird. And maybe what we should really be talking about is how do people form beliefs? Because it seems like you can get to a belief, like let's say about aliens, many different ways. You could believe it because you've seen them and you you think, or you could get there because of science or the evidence that you've read, or you can get there because your brother-in-law believes it. I mean, who knows? It can be a million things, right? And so it seemed to me that the, really the most important thing is to talk about how a person goes about forming the beliefs they form. And then it seems that we're at that point, maybe we're getting some somewhere. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, no, I think it, it makes sense. I, I wonder, I mean, I guess there's, there's two parts of it, right? Cause there's like, 
the methodology of it. And, and then there's also the drive. Um, and, and that's what I'm super curious about from you. Like, is there like particular disagreements that kind of drove you to this, that you're like, I wish people could talk about X or is it, or, you know, X, Y, and Z, or is it more just like people just like literally can't have conversations and I need to figure out like what's going on. Um, yeah, I'll be perfectly honest with you. Uh, it was after it was 2016 and it was after the election in our country. And it occurred to me that we have two large segments in our society that not only believe different things, but it seems like there's like polar opposite. Yeah, they can't, and they, they can't talk to each other at all. And, talk, and they both seem to me, they both, these beliefs couldn't be possibly both be true at the same time. It just didn't make sense how they could. And I got deeply concerned, deeply worried. I think it was probably a lot of people did. Yeah. And, um, and that was 2016. And I just felt the need to do something about it, whatever that was in my little corner of the world. Mm-hmm. And I just started to create a, uh, by 2019, I created a podcast and that's where I attempted to be part of the solution. Hopefully it is <laughs> remains to be seen, yeah. but, but I just, um, that was really my motivation. Yeah, no, that's yeah. cool. I, I, well, I appreciate it. I think nothing concerns me more really than the left and the right being able, being completely unable to have any empathy for the other side. It's really, I agree with you, actually. It, it I think dry. we live in uh, precarious times. And I think yeah. some, I think, um, yeah, actually frightens me sometimes. And uh, I want to, I want to step away from the cliff. And uh, I'm worried about, and so that's, I'm not like any particular belief to me that really doesn't matter. I think, are there, is there this wholesale way that people are forming beliefs that are problematic in the sense that if they, even if they realize that some belief they have, they realize it's not true. If the way they go about forming their beliefs is not a reliable way to form beliefs in general, it seems to me that they're just going to get to another belief just for that that will take the place of that belief and we're kind of where we started from. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's true. I, I wonder in, you know, I as probably essentially an expert in this field now, what's your assessment? Like, I mean, my intuition, my guess would be that you are probably sadder than when you started um, because people are like ridiculous, you know? I mean, I think that you'll, you know, probably like 20% of the people you're talking to are like being reasonable and thoughtful about the way that they're forming beliefs. And just most people aren't would be my guess. And, and I'm curious if that has been your experience. If you see that by asking certain types of questions, you can get people to unravel their own biases, but my, my guess is not in the most case. My guess is most people are just, they're super tied to their beliefs. It's like in, you know, the belief is not actually a belief. It's like a, it's like a trait of a, a an ego. 
Yes. Yes. That's that surprise. Yeah. I think I, I think that surprises me. Yes. I think you're correct. I think, I guess the way I see beliefs, not that I'm better than anybody else. I just, I personally speak, I just want to believe in a true, true things and things that are real and, and legit. And if it's not, and I have reasonable confidence that it's not, then I just don't want to waste my time with it. But if it is, then I'd like to believe it. And I think that's helpful for a society in the sense that then we're all, if we all kind of have maybe that mindset, again, not that I'm the arbiter of, you know, how to live this life. Yeah. But if we had some shared reality, then maybe, you know, we could have some more agreement on how to move forward and what not to waste our times with as a larger, on a larger scale. And it concerns me that we can't even agree on some of the simple stuff because our beliefs, and I forgot who said this, instead of us having our beliefs, our beliefs have us. It's true. Yeah. In the sense that if we can't jettison an untrue belief, then really who holds who? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, it's very interesting to me for, that, that you're doing this. And I, I, I'm so curious, like, if you're, have your conclusions changed? Like, have, have the way that you, you know, do you think it's possible, actually? Do you think that, like, even given a million years of, like, people trying to kind of, like, you know, having these conversations with each yeah. other? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll be honest with you about it. Um, sometimes I'm pessimistic about it. I am. Um, I can have five conversations, 10 conversations, and I'm just sometimes a little pessimistic about it. But then, look, I have a cool conversation, a great conversation like we've had, you know, and I have hope that things can change, that maybe by through the power of conversation and maybe by asking the right questions and, and non-threatening ways and just so we can learn what each other believe believes that um, that maybe we can we can get somewhere. Um, it just I fluctuate. Just to be honest with you, I I I, I want to be more. <laughs> I want to be more optimistic. I do. Yeah. Yeah. No. I I I could see. I could see. So I. You know. I'm. I would not be opt. I'm not optimistic for you. I think unless you were to. I mean. I guess in, in the goal, you know, in, in your career and your conversations, I am optimistic. You're very, seem to be a very smart, interesting man um, with a good agenda, but in terms of like the population sort of kind of becoming reasonable, I think my guess, like, and, and I will also both say the guess and ask it as a direct question. Um, if you've perceived it to be that like people actually form their beliefs, like their epistemology is literally external you know it's it's actually like kind of you know we're we're like a herd sort of species and we have like alphas and i think that like like biologically essentially like you're gonna find that like what the alpha the perceived sort of like yeah. head figure believes is literally where the you, you bring up a really interesting point that and this is um, something that's been studied and it's really 
um, I found it fascinating that from an evolutionary standpoint, people have argued that people hold beliefs not based on what is true. They hold beliefs to further their group. And so it might be seen as irrelevant whether a belief is true or not, but if it furthers uh, a group of people, animals surviving, then that belief by definition is a very useful belief and whether it's true or not, what difference does it make? Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, that is essentially what I'm trying to say. It's both though, right? Because it's not everybody's doing that. Obviously there are contrarians, new ideas form and they have value. So it, it's both of these things happening. Um, but I, yeah, I, and I think believe people can all believe for different reasons and I can, and, and be honest, part of the reasons why I asked some of the questions at the very end is that sometimes people hold beliefs because there's a benefit. There's just like a personal good feeling benefit of holding a belief as opposed to not holding a belief. And sometimes that relates to it being true. And sometimes it doesn't. And I'd like to know, I'd like to know that. And, and that's, I think that's a difficult question for anybody because I'm sure I hold beliefs that I think are true objectively, but I'm wondering, sometimes I wonder like, well, is that true? Or is that, do I want that to be, do I want it to be true? And it kind of sense like, and, and not comparing our conversation to tarot card reading or anything, but my, my, my thought is that if it was a tarot reader and uh, this tarot reader had clients and read cards for clients, and basically every time this tarot card reader read cards for clients, mm-hmm. they, he gave the client um, a poor reading, like this, <laughs> this bad thing's going to happen in this battle, like, oh, another death card or whatever like that, mm-hmm. um, that he probably wouldn't get too much business after a while as opposed to the opposite. If there was good things said in the cards more often. And I think if he said good things, I think more people would believe that person and work and and repeatedly come to him and seek him out. And, uh, and and I'm thinking that sometimes that's an extreme example, but I'm sure I do that. Right. Yeah. On a smaller scale, maybe. Yeah. Even because the tarot, person could even be being intellectually honest then, right? They're like using yeah. their intuition and they're like, oh, I'm getting validation. It must be right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And does the tarot, I'm not saying anything about whether what the tarot card reader believes It's what the person who goes to the person believes them. And, uh, and so, yeah, you ask some just absolutely terrific questions and questions that I think about quite a bit and questions that actually the street epistemology community we discuss and think about, and it's all, this is all kind of a new thing here, this way of chatting with people. Um, and we're trying to, we're trying to, we're trying to figure it out. We're trying to uh, think of, you know, good ways to go about it. And so I do appreciate you talking with me and uh, such a nice conversation and just so thoughtful and uh, um, you're giving me things actually to think about too. So I, I like that. And I think it would be cool if aliens it would be cool these things and a lot of you think interesting cool. and i know that there's a lot going on now with videos and stuff and i think it would be a cool thing if it was if it was true and i i just uh i don't think i know enough about it to really i just don't i just i have to uh 
remain yeah, agnostic but, right now. <laughs> yeah, I, and I don't blame you for that. It's <laughs> you, you don't get anything, you know, <laughs> by by studying it, um, unless it's like intrinsically fascinating and you can't help it. I, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, it just doesn't matter. We just but don't it is know. intrinsically interesting. I find so. Yeah, yeah. cool. Well, thank you so much. I thank really you, appreciated yeah. this this conversation. It was it was super interesting Saturday morning. Yeah, uh, and I, I wish you all the best and thank and you. everything. Thanks, Jeff. Yes, I believe in the most high, but to me, hip-hop has always been the gospel. You see, I started studying the book of rhymes because to me, the illusum sees they were just like apostles. Because in the beginning, Nostradamus said that it was written for all us illmatic street disciples. So I had to get in where I fit in. See, I learned that your genius is where your genes is. See, that's Genesis. And then a prince named Rakim showed me how a king could bring his whole team in. Just like Leviticus. Wu-Tang is forever for the children of creation. And I used to believe there's these little young MCs with a future until I had myself a revelation. I mean, wasn't it Eve who gave birth to forbidden fruit right after her rough rider bus? I understand now why Andre 3K said that 16 just ain't enough because John needed at least three 16s to explain to us how God so beloved Harlem world that he delivered mace to us from being a shiny suit bad boy. Renegotiated his contract for 50 cent like a remix covenant. <laughs> now ain't that sad boy? He must have been tired of the executive head of the trustee board dancing all up on the hymnals, diddy bopping and puffing those burning bushes. All while sending those subliminals. Take, take that, take that. See, when you're in showbiz, I guess that's just a small thing to a giant. So before your soul gets clapped for casting the first stone, you need to be more David than Goliath inside these stained glass graffiti covered tabernacles, popping bottles for communion, sipping scissor with your 3 6 mafia hiding your right hand from what the left one is doing. And it's not personal, it's strictly business. Eric Sermon shows you who was the real hustler. Only the parish be making dollars. All the while, you are just a customer. Eating ramen soup noodles for your meal. Paying tithes on the 360 deal while the deacon is still recouping. Paying off his Snoop DeVille. Church. But the church ain't got nothing to do with the building fund because the building ain't the church. It's the funds. Church. Slum Village Donuts fundraised out of the fan base because them church fans cost funds and these church programs are promotional fires passed out to show you exactly where the party's at the church sign says all ladies are free who wear one of them big brim party hats so do the Dougie in line with your get fresh crew six minutes before the show if you is dressed as slick as Rick then Lottie Dottie the bouncer will usher you which way to go while the choir director is DJing in the section right next to where your VIP seat is now you're in whose house runner's house and the reverend is running in my Adidas while Pastor Troy is preaching to the choir of bone thugs harmonizing about their Uncle Charles. And when service is over, you and your goody mom can get up, get out, and get some soul food in the freestyle fellowship hall. You better keep them on the main line like Kanye through the wire. Because before he walked with Jesus in his Yeezys, his graduation stage was a lake of fire. And it's not easy watching the throne, especially when you have a reasonable doubt. But with a Rockefeller blueprint and a dashing dame, 
can always figure it out. You see, I witnessed Jehovah dodging the evils while writing songs of Solomon about the sun of the morning in the dark with a flow like Noah, big pimpin' had holes and rows of 22 tools walking all upon the ark. But see how your better half can split you in half like Moses' staff if you don't know how to play your part. Chapter 4, verse 44. Because if God don't bless it, he must damn it. While I'm two L's in too deep like Cool J's radio rocking this diggable planet. So unless you as light as a rock and paper thin, I cram to understand it. In order to slay these rocks of Gibraltar, you got to abide by the ten crack commandments. You can't have life after death without being ready to die, you dig? Only the notorious are born again, so everything you do, you best do it big. Even Tupac Machiavelli theorized in seven days that he could rise like a rose out of the concrete in front of his dead mama's eyes. So the ambitions of a rider will make you wonder if heaven got a ghetto. Just be still when you talk to God like Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, or better yet, DMX, cause it could be dark and hell could be hot to the next, but he is still blood of your blood, and he is still flesh of your flesh. I can see the Holy Ghost in Ghostface's face, even though his supreme clientele will meet their maker soon. So I guess everyone is gonna have to take off their masks before they meet their MF doom. And don't let them take your daylight soul just to prove that you're the plug. The root of the matter is that every black thought should be on a quest for love, speaking in native tongues like a tribe called Exodus, the X-Clan with their sister soldiers, plus all of their jungle brothers. Cause it takes a nation of millions to hold us While three poor righteous teachers were wise men They followed the black star to meet their master But I wonder if they knew That big baby Jesus Would grow up one day to become a, a Old dirty bastard Because the prodigal son wasn't no shook one He knew that jumping around that house of pain Was most definitely a capital pun Plus the lifestyles of the poor and dangerous is something that he knew so well. It's a shame how all those lost boys in the hood keep taking such a great big L. You see, knowledge reigns supreme. Even gang stars become gurus. Your life ain't gotta be full of tragedy to become an intelligent hoodlum. You can have a good day like Good Friday or Ice Cube with no attitude because the cover money is the rule of evil. But even the guard MC got paid in full, Rocket. And Killer Priest gave us basic instructions. And that's all good news, but after I get off this killer mic and finish this LP, everybody still has to run them jewels. Amen. Amen.